0: Good evening and thanks for joining us tonight. A rare move by Vancouver police this weekend. Officers are out in force in a Mount Pleasant neighborhood, hoping for a break in the case of a brazen shooting that left two people dead, including an innocent bystander. Our Paul Johnson joins us now from Broadway and Ontario. Paul, just tell us a bit more about the VPD and what they're doing there tonight.
1: Well, Sonia, over the past week, police have been going over surveillance video from this area taken around the time of the shooting, and it's told them one important thing. They think there were a lot of people here in the vicinity last week who saw something that could help them track down the killer. Now, this afternoon, they actually brought out Their mobile command post, that's this big truck that you see behind me here. It's a fairly rare move for them to do this, but they want to establish some visibility here and hopefully make contact with anybody who has any information. And they're stressing two things. Number one, if you want to talk to them, you can do so anonymously. And number two, if you were down here at the time of that shootout last week, you may not think that you know anything important But they actually say there's probably lots of things that you might be able to tell them that could be very valuable to this information and they want to hear from you
2: witnesses will see other people speaking to the police and they'll say ah they probably saw the same thing i did so the police already know please come forward and let us decide whether or not the information you have is important
1: another thing that they want to know about this restaurant behind me here Indochine. They think there were a number of people who were in that restaurant last week between 8 and 9.30 who may have very valuable information about these killings. They would like to hear from those people. And again, they're encouraging people who are concerned about talking to the police to do so anonymously. Sonia, sadly, gangland killings have become commonplace throughout the Lower Mainland. But this killing, that claimed the life of an innocent fifteen year old boy who just happened to be got happened to get caught in the crossfire. Police are telling us here that this has brought this to an entirely new level and this has become their top priority. And you can see the evidence right here with this big truck behind me. Sonia?
0: Paul, I think a lot of people watching will absolutely agree with the police there. Thank you so much for the update there. There's been another brazen and deadly shooting, this time in an Abbotsford neighbourhood, where a man in his 20s was shot and killed last night. It is an area with an already notorious history of gun violence. Julia Foy has the details.
2: My wife, we're all all scared now. Like, we're thinking about moving.
3: Raj Mahesh is one of many people who came to share their condolences at the Abbotsford home of 24-year-old Lovepreet Dollywall, who friends called Jason. He was gunned down while inside a parked vehicle across from his Abbotsford home on Promontory Court just after 6.30 Friday night. He died at the scene.
4: I urge you, if you knew Jason, please come forward and speak with IHIT.
3: Police are looking for any information about a car similar to this one, a black four-door Acura TL.
2: A vehicle matching that description was found later burnt in Langley in the 22,300 block of 61st Avenue.
3: This street where Dolly Wall was killed has seen violence before. In September of 2015, a house just up the street was sprayed with bullets, and a neighbor, 74-year-old Ping Shun Ao, was killed by a stray bullet. Abbotsford police installed surveillance cameras in the area, including at the exact spot above where Dolly Wall was murdered. The camera has since been removed and Dollywall's family and friends allege it was taken down just a short time ago. It, it was there for a long time, but they, I don't know why they took it up. We asked IHIT and the Abbotsford police about the surveillance camera, but neither could provide any information. For now, shocked friends and family are just trying to make sense of what police are calling another targeted murder. Neighbours are scared about the ongoing violence in the so-called Townline Hill conflict.
2: They got to do something about this. It's getting really
5: up to the point, uh, you know, we're not safe anymore.
0: Julia Foy, Global News. Possible signs of hope for two families of a couple whose plane vanished near Revelstoke at the end of November. The family of Ashley Borgo believes that they might have found a photograph taken by a drone that spells out the word help in the snow. It also shows an aircraft propeller. Borgo went missing with her boyfriend Dominic Neron while flying from Penticton to Edmonton. The RCMP have confirmed that they've received the photo. A helicopter was out looking in that area on Friday.
3: They're feeling hopeful, obviously. I mean, they do need closure, you know, one way or the other. So that's pretty well what everybody's looking for right now. It's just closure. Uh, There's three little kids who need closure. There's her mom and dad and and Dominic's family, which is all need closure.
0: A wind warning is in effect for the south coast. Our meteorologist Yvonne Schal has got some details on what we can expect, Yvonne.
4: Thanks, Anya, and good evening, everyone. This system is intensifying, and it's really this evening and overnight leading in towards our Sunday morning. Here's a look back at some of the gusts we've already seen uh, throughout the afternoon out of the airport. Just over 46 kilometers per hour areas near Tawassan at 56 and for Victoria at 44. But as I put the wind cast into play, we will see this intensify evening and overnight. And by the morning areas, the areas in purple, that's we'll see some of the strongest winds, and that's we'll continue to see the wind warnings that are currently in effect in purple. Along eastern sections of the island, the Sunshine Coast and Metro Vancouver, including Victoria for the southern tip of Vancouver Island, some of the winds could get up to 80 kilometres per hour. Western sections will see that range between 80 and up to 100 kilometres per hour. So very windy for this evening and overnight. We also have a significant amount of snow for the mountain passes and higher elevations. I'll have more on those amounts coming up (laughs) shortly. Sonia?
0: Yvonne, thanks very much for that. We'll see you back here in a few minutes. We're just getting some breaking news right now that Firefighters battling a blaze at a home in Surrey. (laughs) And the Surrey Fire Department says that a neighbor spotted smoke and flames from the home on 70th Avenue and 185th Street just before 4.30. Uh, Multiple fire trucks can be seen. uh, Firefighters trying to tackle those flames on this fully involved fire. It is a small house. It's on a quiet street. Uh, one witness uh, saying that you can smell this smoke from blocks away. We'll keep an eye on that story. Uh, women around the world marching today, including here in B.C. The biggest march was in downtown Vancouver, where demonstrators supported the Me Too movement, calling for change and showing anger at U.S. President Donald Trump. Jill Bennett reports.
6: Wait, who was here last year?
7: Nice. A smaller crowd compared to one year ago, but the message is still loud and clear.
8: What I tell my students is... You're here for service to justice. You're here to fight for justice. You're not here to just sit and not care and say I'm not old enough, I'm not
7: good enough. Energized by various speakers, those in the crowd, many carrying placards, say it was important to take part in this event to make sure important discussions continue.
4: I specifically wanted to highlight the trans women, black women, indigenous women who uh, really are the face of this movement. I don't think there's
8: been this kind of change that we need to see. I think there's maybe startings of it in certain
6: places, but a lot of more work needs to be done.
8: Well, we've been fighting these issues since the 60s and getting very tired of it.
6: We march on because consent
9: is
10: never implied.
7: Many made reference to Me Too founder Tarana Burke with both the Me Too and Times Up movements top of mind. But as the march got underway, once again there was a stop in front of Vancouver's Trump Tower, with the U.S. President the obvious target. No, Trump, no, Trump. Others reflected on the past year, saying they were moved to join the march for the first time.
11: I think for a long time, issues of race, issues of gender inequality have persisted, but have not been a part of the mainstream conversation. There's a lot of uh, momentum with things like the Me Too movement, and I feel like a women's march like this can show that I support the Me Too movement.
7: Vancouver's march was one of hundreds held in various cities. Jill Bennett, Global News.
0: In downtown Toronto, thousands of women involved in a march there, shining a light on women's rights in this country. The crowd not as big as last year, but protesters who were out saying that their call to improve women's lives is as strong as ever. And hundreds of thousands of men and women turning out right across the U.S. today on what is the one-year anniversary of President Donald Trump's inauguration. Some women saying they are now angrier than ever.
6: They came before dawn by mid-morning, filling the streets by the thousands. Resistance is powerful. From Dallas to Denver, Atlanta, Chicago, New York and cities in between, Women's March 2018 leaving its mark. In the nation's capital, lawmakers stranded by the shutdown. The more we keep this public opinion alive and the show of support on this grand scale, the more that um, there's a chance that we can actually prevail. Many here calling themselves Women's March veterans. They remember last year's rallies, the day after President Trump's inauguration. Now, a message not only to the president on his first anniversary in office, but a rallying cry to women, run for office.
7: We're not stopping. And uh, November 6, 2018, I think they're really gonna get A good dose of we're not stopping.
6: Thousands speaking up to send a message around the world. Here in Washington, the march started at the Lincoln Memorial and ended right here at the White House. But many people today told me this goes beyond politics. They say that they were equally focused on women's rights, specifically the Me Too movement, saying they want that message heard just as clearly. Blaine Alexander, NBC News, Washington.
0: A train carrying coal derailed in northwestern BC, spilling some of its load. 27 cars of the CN rail train went off the tracks yesterday. Uh, this is between New and South Hazleton. The accident happened near an overhead highway crossing above Highway 16. Each of the cars carrying about 100 tons of coal. Some of it spilled onto a track that is above a frozen creek. Crews now working to try and prevent that coal from contaminating the water below. Embattled Chilliwack School trustee Barry Neufeld is rejecting calls for his resignation. The Chilliwack School Board and Teachers Association, along with Education Minister Rob Fleming, have all called for Neufeld to resign. Neufeld says that he must remain on the board to protect what he calls impressionable children. He believes children will be confused and harmed by the province's curriculum regarding sexual orientation and gender identity. This all started when Neufeld criticized the curriculum on social media, saying that allowing young children to choose their gender amounted to child abuse. Langley RCMP are asking for your help tonight in finding a missing 70-year-old man. Maurice Kola was last seen yesterday at five o'clock after he left home in a green Ford Windstar. He was on his way to the Langley Power Centre, but he never showed up. He is described as white, five foot ten, with short-trimmed grey hair and a medium build. He does suffer from dementia. Obvious worry there. If you have any information, please do call the RCMP. Dozens involved in a rally in Maple Ridge this afternoon. They were protesting against plans to build a new shelter for the homeless. Demonstrators signed a petition at City Hall against the centre, which is planned for Burnett Street. The centre will replace the 40-bed homeless shelter run by the Salvation Army and also add another 40 beds of supportive housing. Right now, there are more than 100 people uh, believed to be living in a makeshift campground. uh, That is called Anita's Place.
5: Putting in this shelter in a neighbourhood
0: that's full
5: of residential people, full of students walking by and senior citizens, it's going to make people haters. And I don't want to see our children become numb to this because this is not okay.
1: I hope that people um, are made aware of the fact of the process that's in place right now uh, to place this shelter so close to a residential neighbourhood and so close to, to taxpaying citizens of Maple Ridge who oppose this and oppose having this in their neighbourhood.
0: The housing minister says that despite fears, crime did not go up when a new shelter opened in her Coquitlam riding. A community forum will be held at the end of the month. Uh, still ahead tonight, a zoo in Alberta defending itself after posting a controversial video and why private investigators believe that a billionaire Toronto couple were the victims of a contract killing. Also later, Great Britain taking a major step to tackle the growing problem of loneliness. Global News Hour at six continues in a couple of minutes. Welcome back. Well, new details emerging tonight about the mysterious deaths of a billionaire couple who were found dead inside their Toronto mansion in December. Now private investigators saying that the Sherman deaths were a double murder and likely a contract killing.
11: I mean, the information is distressing, obviously, to, to relate and for the family to, to, to hear.
9: Kevin Donovan's report in the Toronto Star is telling a much different story about the death of one of Canada's wealthiest couples.
11: Yeah, bodies were found uh, in a sitting position in, uh, in the pool room. They're sitting... Um, Against, sort of, back against a railing, but with their their legs stretched out in front of them, away from the pool.
9: According to Donovan's sources, the two were found in a seated position and not hanging, as was reported. When news first broke of the couple's death, reports began to circulate with several publications quoting sources saying police were investigating this as a possible murder-suicide allegations. The family adamantly
2: denied. We've had to navigate through a terrifying maze of non-information.
11: An unfounded speculation.
9: A team of private investigators was hired to re-examine the evidence.
11: The family talks report uh, indicates there was nothing
2: in their body, that bodies that would have contributed to to death.
9: Donovan also says the new report shows signs the couple's hands were tied up.
11: There are markings on both of their wrists that indicate that each of them was bound at some
9: point. Much has been made of the continued police presence at the Sherman home, but according to the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, there's a lot to go over.
11: Clearly they have a a very big search area. It's a big home, a big property. There's several vehicles and so on. So it's not surprising. There's no rush because once you release the scene, you can never get it back. It'd be contaminated.
9: Now police continue their investigation, but for the family, it seems that they're
0: now looking for other answers.
11: The question is, uh who did it
0: the head zookeeper of a wildlife park in alberta says she she never expected a video to get as much attention as it has the innisfail zoo posted a video of barclay the bear in the dairy queen drive-through celebrating his first birthday with some soft serve and an ice cream cake as global's lauren puller reports the zoo says that people are just taking this the wrong way
5: ...out some ice cream so she can pick out her birthday cake.
10: It's a video gaining all sorts of reaction.
9: It's <laughs> kind of crazy, but it it's good.
10: <laughs> but some say it's no laughing matter. The video, posted by Discovery Wildlife, a zoo in central Alberta... The province is now investigating, calling the video very concerning, saying, quote, the investigation is ongoing and will determine if the law and or permit terms and conditions were broken.
3: Our whole purpose is to spread conservation messages to make a difference for wild bears.
10: Berkeley, the one-year-old Kodiak bear, has spent basically her whole life at the zoo, and she was born in captivity. We originally
3: had put out the video on purpose for a purpose, and it was for conservation, and it has been taken very out of context and we're extremely sorry for that. We were to throw an ice cream out of our window driving down the highway do you have any idea how far a bear could actually smell that
10: from? The video actually urging people not to stop on the highway I've when they see wild, wild bears but a Canadian animal protection group believes wow. it sends a different message. So
11: my main concern
5: is we, we've we got to get away from this old style attitude of seeing these animals as pets that you can go close to. It's, it's undermining efforts to uh, get our Uh, population more respectful of animals.
10: The video was shot when the Dairy Queen was closed so it wasn't an impromptu drive-through visit.
3: I thought that it was pretty neat. I know that like we've gone out to Discovery Wildlife and um, gone out and seen all the animals and stuff and I know that their caregivers are like that they're well taken care of.
4: From what I know
2: of wild animals uh, you know even the domesticated or so-called They can be unpredictable.
8: It looked really cute, but they're telling you not to feed them and stuff, and they are feeding them, so it was a little mixed message. On our Facebook
3: page, we've put videos up of Berkeley her entire life. We've been very transparent. We don't have anything to hide.
10: And just like you and I that have children, on their first birthday, you want to be able to celebrate. They hope regardless of the interpretation, the underlying message comes across that no, it isn't safe to stop and check out wild bears. Lauren Pullen, Global News, Innisfail.
0: Alright, well it's called Bigfoot Yeti Sasquatch. Its existence has long been the subject of great debate. Now a researcher from Edmonton has filed a lawsuit to prove the creature is real.
8: G'day, my name's Todd
5: Standing. I am the man who takes people out into the field and has them either live, interact with, or
2: eyewitness a Sasquatch. Done it with the best in the-
0: Todd Standing produced the documentary. He claims to have recorded footage of a Sasquatch several times. Now he and two Americans have filed a lawsuit against California. They want the state to recognize the Sasquatch as an official species.
11: So we're going in with uh,
5: PhDs, with wilderness experts, even beyond myself, with uh, wildlife biologists, with fingerprint experts. We're going to prove so beyond a reasonable doubt that this species exists. And when we prove that and we're successful, I mean, the species will be recognized
11: as an indigenous wildlife species.
0: The first hearing in the case is March the 19th. The Vancouver Canucks have added 34 new players to their roster today. Lucky youngsters signing one-day contracts with the team at the annual Canuck for a day and family skate. The temporary NHLers then got a tour of Rogers Arena and the Canucks dressing room, of course, followed by a family skating party.
1: I'm signing contracts with them as the club representative, and these kids are coming in. Their hands are shaking. They're nervous, but uh, but you know they sign a contract, and and they you know they get to tour the building, they get to skate on the ice. Uh, I think it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, like I said, once you break the ice with the kids, and you know then they they realize where they are and what they're going to be doing. It's uh, it's a special day for everyone.
0: Mm. You never nice. know, some of, the, some of those guys could be big names in a few years' time, right? Perhaps. You know, the yeah. Canucks
2: could use for a one-day contract a Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> now that exactly. they're real, I mean, it's exactly.
0: You know, yeah. yes.
2: let's, let's prove it by getting them onto the Canucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, No one would <laughs> argue with those guys. Um,
4: weather-wise, uh, you were talking about a storm morning earlier on, Yvonne. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be a big concern, especially uh, overnight and leading in towards our Sunday. The possibility is there to see power outages and delays if you're heading along the ferries. We're also uh, tracking some moisture. Most areas, though, uh, lower elevations will be falling as rain, but I wanted to show you higher elevations and for the Alpine, fantastic. A significant amount of snow. This is what we've seen over the past 24 hours. Grouse, 46 centimeters. Cypress, 51. Whistler, Blackcomb at 6 and Sasquatch, (laughs) which is Agassiz at 32 <laughs> centimeters. How oh, perfect. Uh, but we're going to potentially see another 50 centimeters of snow uh, for the local mountains. And a lot of the higher elevations, we also have snowfall warning if you're heading along the Coquihalla, so I'll show you where, and into those mountain passes. This is very fitting. Sasquatch has a lot of snow. The irony. The- <laughs> it's great.
0: It's great. We didn't script that at all. Uh, what's happening in sports? Can't add any
2: more Sasquatch <laughs> stuff, I believe. But uh, We know Bo Horbat's not going to play uh, tonight when the Canucks get back at it in Edmonton but probably tomorrow. So that's exciting news uh, for the Canucks uh, as they get back from their break. And we'll have uh, other action from the NHL today and look ahead to the uh, football playoffs tomorrow. Of course, the big talk all week has been Tom Brady's Mm -hmm. hand, the injury, which everyone believes now is a a cut. He's got some stitches on his thumb, but... He's going to play.
0: He'll be okay. But
2: people in Vegas are very worried because, you know, that throws things off there with the wagering.
0: Right. All right. Of course, all the betting and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we'll uh, be getting an update on all of that in a few minutes and also an update on the two Canadians that were kidnapped in northern Nigeria. Plus, why the U.S. government is shut down right now and how it's shutting down parts of America. And the autopsy of musician Tom Petty, pointing that he was a victim of the opioid crisis. Those stories on the Global News Hour at six coming up in a couple of minutes. Well, the U.S. government marking the one year anniversary of Donald Trump's presidency today by laying blame on one another for last night's shutdown, failing to reach the 60 vote threshold at midnight. It's left the federal government now in chaos.
11: As federal agencies shut down, both Republicans and Democrats try to pin this stalemate on each other.
5: I think at the end of the day, America will see through this that it really was a Schumer shutdown.
2: Republicans in Congress plunged headfirst into the Trump shutdown.
11: Democrats say this is an issue about passing children's health insurance, long term funding for the military, a disaster relief package for states hit by storms and protecting undocumented immigrants brought to this country as children.
2: Negotiating with this White House is like negotiating with jell It's next to impossible.
11: Senator Chuck Schumer adds as soon as you take one step forward, the far right moves the president three steps back. The White House pushing back, saying Democrats have only one issue and the president will not negotiate on immigration reform until Democrats stop playing games and reopen the government
5: chuck schumer actually had the gall to look at the president and said i'm giving you everything you ask for the wall and then when pressed admitted that he wasn't doing it that's the type of negotiation that
11: mr schumer has been engaged in with the president both sides digging in
6: i can't imagine a greater embarrassment to president art of the deal than the fact that the government controlled entirely by his own party has shut down
11: the white house says government agencies with enough funds will stay open Otherwise, federal employees will remain home on furlough. Edward Lawrence, NBC News, Washington.
0: Two Canadians and two Americans are safe after being kidnapped in northern Nigeria. The four were ambushed on Tuesday by unknown gunmen during a business trip to invest in solar stations in nearby villages. Two police escorts were killed during last night's rescue, which was coordinated by local forces. Officials say no ransom was paid for their return. One suspect now in custody. The L.A. coroner says Tom Petty died of an accidental drug overdose. The musician had lived with chronic pain. The coroner's report finding Petty had a mix of prescription painkillers and sedatives and an antidepressant in his system, including fentanyl and oxycodone. His family say that the fatal overdose happened on the same day that he'd found out he had broken his hip. The singer had just wrapped up a tour, performing with painful knee problems, Fetty also suffered from emphysema. He died in October at the age of 66. And another autopsy report says retired star pitcher Roy Halliday had amphetamine, morphine and an insomnia drug in his system when he died in a small plane crash last year. The former former Toronto Blue Jays and Philadelphia Phillies All-Star died from blunt force trauma with drowning as a contributing factor. He crashed his personal aircraft into the Gulf of Mexico off Florida in November. The National Transportation Safety Board still investigating the cause of the crash. Halliday was just 40 years old. There is proof yoga is good for your health, but it turns out there is absolutely no need to sweat it out. Researchers at Texas State University found hot yoga, which is done in a 40 degree Celsius room, is no more effective than doing the same poses at room temperature. The study showed hot yoga might help slow the progression of heart disease, but that the heated environment doesn't really play a role. More on the storm warning ahead with Yvonne and also the rescue of a dog in Arizona. How that turns into a major chase. Stay with us. All right, welcome back. Let's get you a weather check now with our Yvonne Charles and uh, Yvonne. Uh, Yvonne, it was
4: uh, raining pretty wet in the last couple of days. Yeah, so but the big weather story that we're really going to follow is, yes, it is going to remain wet with this next weather maker and system that is pushing in, but it's the winds, especially overnight and in towards our Sunday morning. They are going to lash across the southern half of the province and for coastal sections. We are seeing some light precipitation, higher elevations, falling as snow. It's been a significant amount. And for the local mountains, as we mentioned, we'll still see up to 50 centimetres, an additional 50 from what you're seeing uh, through the day today. 5 is your current temperature right now to the airport in easterly wind at 26 kilometers per hour. Our high today was at 7 degrees, right where we should be for this time of the year. A very happy birthday this evening. A 100th birthday to both Irene Bisbee from Vancouver and Nellie Kniff from Nanaimo celebrating 100. So congratulations to you both and a very happy birthday. Back to the forecast and what we are tracking. So this weather maker, as it starts to push its way in, we will see very windy conditions ahead of the system and anywhere between 80 and up to 100 kilometres per hour with the wind warning in effect following areas in purple. The strongest winds will be along the western sections of the island, Sunshine Coast, eastern sections in Metro Vancouver, up to 80 kilometres per hour. Most areas across Metro Vancouver will see that range between 60 and up to 80 kilometres per hour through the morning hours on our Sunday. Also, also, a snowfall warning for Williston between 10 and up to 20 centimeters. The snow will continue for your Sunday. Here's a current shot of the Cokahalla from Hope to Merritt. A snowfall warning is in effect with anywhere between 20 and up to 30 centimeters of snowfall through the day on Sunday. Along the Sea to Sky, this will be from Squamish to Whistler, 10 and 15 centimeters through tomorrow. Rogers Pass, 10 and 15, and the Kootenay Pass, anywhere between 10 and up to 20 centimeters of snowfall. The piece tomorrow, snow and two and four centimeters. Temperatures up to minus six. A nice break is on the way once again for Monday underneath a mix of sun and cloud. Whitehorse will see up to two centimeters of snowfall. Flurries on and off throughout the day to tomorrow and then sunshine returning on your Monday. Coastal sections will stay as rain with very windy conditions. It's inland between two and up to four centimeters of snowfall with flurries. Most areas for the Caribou and Central Interior will see the snow changing over to rain, but the winds ramp up tomorrow, southerly 40 and up to 60 kilometres per hour. Columbia and Kootenay region, wet snow anywhere between 2 and up to 4 centimetres. Most areas, lower elevations will change over to rain tomorrow, but higher elevations still seeing a significant amount of snow. Thompson, Okanagan tomorrow, gusts of up to 50 kilometres per hour. Whistler will see snow this evening or changing, rain changing over to snow, 10 and up to 15 centimetres and along the island we've got the wind warning that is in effect and for metro vancouver and much of the south coast we will see it very blustery especially for a sunday morning tapering off by the afternoon but still unsettled with rain for a monday onwards sonia
0: brilliant thanks very much for that everyone okay now listen to this what should have been the simple rescue of a dog from a canal became a half hour chase that was all caught on camera this is what happened at the beginning. Rescuers in Phoenix helping to pull this pup out of the canal. But then what, what happens there? The dog slipping out of the collar, making a run for, run for it, running at top speed down a road. He's now cutting in and out of traffic from one side of the road to the other. Eventually... Even though drivers managed not to hit him, a person, a good Samaritan coming forward uh, who happened to have some dog treats. The dog is microchipped and will hopefully be returned to his rightful owner. Mm. Still to come, Barry has sports and the Canucks in action. And later, it is the first country in the world to tackle a serious, even potentially deadly problem. What Britain is doing to help the lonely. Stay with us for that. All right. Plenty of sports to get through today and uh, starting with Canucks.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah, good guess. <laughs> good guess. Yeah. You're on form. Thanks, Sonia. The uh, Canucks man. are back from their bye week and they're in Edmonton tonight to play the Oilers. Bo Horvat's not going to play tonight, but he'll likely play tomorrow in Winnipeg. Had it not been a back to back situation, you'd think he would have played tonight. Jacob Markstrom starts in goal. The Oilers are just a point ahead of the Canucks in the standings, so they're the 13th and 14th place teams in the Western Conference. NHL today, Flames and Jets from Calgary. Flames on a seven-game win streak. First period, T.J. Brody is going to get the Flames on the board. That might have tipped off Dustin Buffalin and uh, past Connor Hellebuck. one nothing Flames, but the Jets tied in the second. Matthew Perot is going to get a stick on the Nick Ehlers backhander to flex it between the pads and Mike Smith. Ties at 1 1 and goes to a shootout. Blake Wheeler can win it for the Jets and he does. Great move at top speed. Jets first in the Central after their 2 1 win over the Flames. Calgary is second in the Pacific. Leafs and Senators. Toronto has lost four straight. still third place in the Atlantic. Second period though, Ottawa scored three straight goals to go up 3 1. The third on this uh, shorthanded effort by Tom Pyatt to beat Freddie Anderson. Lee's struggling, but uh, what a third period they've had. Starts with Matthews. Banging one in from the doorstep. Made it 3-2, and then moments later, this is a pretty one. Mitch Marner is going to go in and make one of those Marner and drags to beat Anderson. Ties it up 3-3. That's pretty, and Toronto's not done yet. Connor Carrick is uh, going to... Get the screenshot off from the point. Anderson never saw it. 4-3 Leafs, three goals in a six-minute span. So they're up 4-3, now very late in the third period. And let's check out the uh, Bruins and halves. Boston on a roll, 11-0 and 4 in their last 15, second in the East. But Canadians get a good start. Max Pacioretty, that's his 15th, 1-0 Montreal. But the Bruins tied it and then quickly took the lead after that. Torrey Krug going upstairs, that made it 2-1. It's actually 4-1 Bruins that has just gone final in Montreal. Well, it was a year ago today that Adam Hadwin shot his historic 59 at the Career Builder Challenge in Palm Springs. That's the last time anyone has shot 59 on the PGA Tour. It's only ever happened nine times in history. Adam ended up finishing uh, second in the tournament. He did not come close to getting a 59 in his third round today at La Quinta, but it was a solid 5 under 67, and Adam is in the hunt again. He's in sixth place, just three shots off the lead. Now, after shooting that 59 at this tournament and contending again... You'd think he'd get some TV time, but the Golf Channel had other ideas. They showed him no love today. So he will be playing in the second-to-last group tomorrow. We expect to see some of him tomorrow. be playing with this guy, John Rahm, the Spaniard, with the birdie putt here at 17, or gets to 17-under, rather. Two off the lead, and everyone is chasing Austin Cook, who birdies his final hole of the day, 8-under, 64 today, 19-under for the tournament. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor did make the cut at 8-under. Speaking of under, let's go down under for the Australian Open. Maria Sharapova, the 2008 Aussie Open champ, looking to advance to the fourth round, but 2016 champ Anjali Kerber of Germany standing in her way. Kerber seated just 21st this year, but she appears to be back in that 2016 form where she also won the U.S. Open. Screaming winner there, rolls past Sharapova in straight sets 6-1 and 6-3. So Sharapova out on the men's side. Second seed Roger Federer taking on Frenchman Richard Gasquet, two of the best one-handed backhands in tennis. Rogers was better today. Federer on his way to the fourth round, 6-2, 7-5, 6-4. Djokovic also advanced. Top seed Rafa Nadal plays his fourth round m- match later tonight in Australia. Still to come, we'll update the status of Tom Brady's throwing hand and look ahead to the NFC Championship tomorrow. And Man City gets back to its winning ways. Thanks to Sergio Aguero. Highlights when we come back. Welcome back. Tom Brady is listed as questionable to play in tomorrow's AFC Championship game against Jacksonville. Sources say he has a deep cut on his right thumb that required four stitches. He injured it in practice Wednesday, but somehow you get the feeling he'll be ready to go tomorrow against the Jags. Brady's injury has stolen all the attention ahead of Championship Sunday, but both games should be hotly contested in the NFC. The Vikings are coming off that miracle finish, looking to take that momentum into Philadelphia. Our miracle man, Chanel, breaks it down in the red zone.
5: Back in week one, Case Keenum and Nick Foles were both backups for their respective teams. Now they're their starters. And on Sunday, one of these journeyman quarterbacks will punch his ticket to Super Bowl 52 as the Vikings head into Philadelphia looking to make some football history. The Minnesota defense was solid as always. Two picks, two sacks last week. Number one overall, allowing under 16 points a game. The Vikings have held opponents to 17 points or less, 11 times. Minnesota, number two against the run, held the Saints to just 80 rushing yards, but faced Philly's ground attack ranked number three in the NFL. Steph Diggs and Adam Thielen may be the best 1-2 receiver punch in the NFL, 167 catches combined, more than 2,300 yards and 13 touchdowns, and with the Eagles ranked 17th versus the pass, these two could be very busy on Sunday. Now the Vikings are three and a half point road favorites and with a win will become the first team to play in a home Super Bowl game. Philly's hopes likely lie in the running game, number three during the regular season, averaging 132 yards a game, but Minnesota only allows 83 second best now, LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi only combined for three rushing touchdowns this season. Expect both to be used in different situations, and if Nick Foles decides to throw, he does face the number two passing defense, although he was 23 for 30 last week. The Eagles are number one when it comes to stopping the run, allowing less than 80 yards a game and giving up just seven rushing touchdowns, third fewest. And the Philly D has held teams to an average of 18 points, fourth best. It has also created 31 turnovers, including six defensive touchdowns. And while they are underdogs, the Eagles are 8-1 and one at home this season.
2: This program is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's number one quick lube, now offering same-day tire services, no appointment needed. English Premiership Gabriel Gabriel Jesus, a disinterested spectator for Manchester City, out with a knee injury, but had to like what he got from his mates, especially this guy, Sergio Aguero, converting the Kevin De Bruyne across. Aguero went for five goals against Newcastle a couple of seasons ago. Not quite that much today, but still a pretty good day. Gets his second of the match from the penalty spot after Raheem Sterling was fouled. That made it 2-0 for City. And then in the 83rd minute, Aguero hits for the hat-trick, but all the heavy lifting done by Leroy Sané. Check out the moves by Sané. In Sané moves, Aguero finishes for the hat-trick. City win again. Their first, uh, of course, they had their first loss last week versus Liverpool. 3-1 the final today, beating Newcastle. Second place, Man United at... Burnley, 54th minute, Romelu Lukaku, perfect ball to Anthony Martial, and he will thump it crossbar and in, and it's 1-0 for the visitors. Manchester United, third goal in as many Premier matches for Martial, that was the only goal of the match, 1-0 the final, so... United remains second, 12 points behind City. Chelsea Chelsea, rather, needing a win versus 16th place. Brighton and Hove Albion to remain three points back United. Expected this one to be easy for Chelsea. And it was. Just three minutes in. Victor Moses crosses it into the box. Ed Hazard will finish to make it one-nil. Three minutes later, Willian starts and finishes this place. One of the prettiest goals of the year in the premiership. Look at that. Willian blasting it home from the top of the box, uh, like a scene from a movie here in super slow-mo. Beautiful. Back heels and Willian finishing it off. Beautiful goal. 2-0. No slowing Chelsea down in this one. Eden Hazard is going to score one more time. Look at the patience here. Waits, waits, waits. Fires it in. 4-0 the final for Chelsea. And that is it for sports. We're back with more right after this.
0: right, typically this time of year, lots of people feeling blue and lonely, but one country has gone a step further in helping those who feel like they have no one to talk to and actually appointed a minister of loneliness.
8: Ever since her husband passed away, life has gotten hard for Marion Langley. At 84, she says the days are often solitary. Her daughter busy with her own growing family and few living friends left to turn to. (coughs) Hello, is that Trish?
9: It is. Hi, Marion. It's Silverline here.
8: Today, a phone call is a lifeline for Marion and millions across Britain. The Silverline, a charity that's reaching out to the lonely seven days a week, 24 hours a day.
1: (laughs) Providing a listening ear, showing that they care. Some of the, you know, some of the, just basic human warmth, really, goes a long way in dealing with, in the cause that we deal with.
8: Government studies have found that more than 9 million people in the U.K. often or always feel lonely. About half of those over the age of 75 live alone, and more than 200,000 Britons haven't spoken with a friend or relative in over a month. One study even found that loneliness can hurt your health, increasing mortality the same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Hi, I'm Tracy. So pressing is the issue that this week, Britain became the first country in the world to appoint a minister for loneliness.
10: The weather's dreadful up here.
8: It's a move welcomed by Marion. Just pick the telephone up and ring, you know, and the
9: satisfaction you get from it's wonderful.
8: For her, simply hearing a friendly voice on the other end of the line makes the day that much brighter. Lucy Kalfanoff, NBC News, London.
0: Emotional people would have changed
8: that. Oh, it's a
0: great idea. (laughs) You love all the accents. (laughs) I love the accents, yeah. (laughs) Yours is accurate, (laughs) very (laughs) accurate. Well, someone who isn't lonely right now is Ed Sheeran. Uh, The singer just announced his engagement to girlfriend Cherry Seabourn. Darling,
8: you
0: yeah, Seaborn, his inspiration for this latest hit song, Perfect. Uh, the singer posted the news on Instagram saying, Got myself a fiancé just before New Year. We're very happy and in love. And our cats are chuffed as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> happy. <laughs> okay. It means happy, yeah. The pair went to school together and reconnected years it's later. It's nice
2: to have it's you chuffed. as a translator for all that. That's good. So
0: I thought it'd be useful one day. <laughs> Thanks very much for watching. Take care.